Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? Are things going to be calmer today? A little, so. little excitement we uh, need some over calm. the weekend. <laughs> no. So, um, and a lot of talk about a speech. Yeah. Uh, and I have to admit, I listened to a good bit of it. Uh-huh. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess from a political viewpoint, <clears throat> I was impressed in the sense that he was saying things that uh, if, a, if it's a casual thinker, he wasn't really offensive to people yeah. who thought, well, this is a dumb policy. It was a throw, you know, he would throw a, pee, a bone to the people who didn't like the war and said, we shouldn't be there. The people want out and that's what we're going to do. You know, a lot of uh, recitation of the promises made over the years. Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't sound that hostile. But then again, um, he has to, the president had to live in the real world, and that is, what do we do now? We have a yeah. mess, and he admitted that was a mess. He didn't take the blame for it. It wasn't him. And uh, we made the point yesterday that we didn't think he was the, the main blame for it because this has been going on for 20 years. Even though he was in the Senate, he wasn't giving speeches against it. I imagine he voted for, for all the nonsense that's been going on. But he... Uh, uh, he, he didn't take the blame, but uh, now the blame game is still going on, and it'll be politicized. Is it Republicans against Democrats, Republicans against Democrats, and Republicans and, and Democrats against Democrats? It's a mixed bag because it's not so neat. Yeah. It is not a, a partisan issue, and uh, I think you can see the division. They're coming out of the woodworks, whether they lean toward the uh, the deep state, the, the uh, military-industrial complex, and they support this and that has nothing to do with with party and that's how it's gone on that's how it's lasted for 20 years is that there had to be powerful special interests that uh, didn't want to lose a customer yeah. so but I think st- they still have some work to iron iron this out you know it's not gonna just get uh, rosy tomorrow and and we can uh, get on a flight uh, from New York City and fly to <laughs> fly to Kabul of course of course we can't even get on an airplane and fly to Florida or <laughs> any place we still have all the restrictions and it looks like we may be getting some more restrictions it's uh, they have to have uh, a monster out there whether yeah. it's foreign or domestic but there always has to be a monster to destroy and unfortunately uh, that's what we have to contend with yeah well let's start this end by talking by taking a look at a photo that both of us were astonished by if we can put up that additional photo the second group uh, that additional photo this is something that caught our attention this morning it's absolutely stunning uh, when you see what this what this looks like this is 640 people crammed into a military transport ship the the tail end was open and so people just crammed in crammed in uh, to go from Kabul to Qatar uh, and to escape their country really dramatic dramatic stuff the thought that came to my mind and this is way it all ends, yeah, you know. In in and then I think, of course, because I saw it on TV live was, uh, you know, in '75 when they were leaving Vietnam. It, and people should know that this is the kind of consequence they're dealing with when they don't have a precise policy, yeah. a, a proper policy and one that makes sense. And of course, the policy in uh, Afghanistan never made any sense. And then when you look at that, it is, it is astounding. Just think of the details people go through about social distancing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and think about vaccines. Yeah. You know, there, there's a bunch of people there, they don't have vaccine. Not that I'm worried about that, yeah. but when you put it together with 
how how they pester everybody else, social distancing, having all the vaccine. How about OSHA? Yeah. Did they get OSHA to inspect this? <laughs> yeah. But uh, that still is a dangerous situation. I still have a little trouble really believing they took off like that. Yeah. But uh, it's it, it's a mess. But then that of course raises questions too where are they going are they going to be your next door neighbor pretty yeah, soon yeah and, and whatnot so so there are a lot of problems but the problems comes from bad policy on bad understanding yeah. and not following the law of the land which means we don't have authority to do this and we go to war without proper authority well you know the speech was interesting because a i have low expectations that's your famous <laughs> line that i'm stealing from this i have low expectations and i'm not a big fan of joe biden but I actually, I didn't watch it live, but I read the speech, and I actually think there was a lot of good in the speech, and that's hence our title, The Good and the Bad. Uh, there were some very good sounding things in the speech, and I actually queued up a couple of them that we could take a look at. If we could look at that first, that first clip here. Uh, so this is very good. I don't know, maybe the speechwriter is on the ball, <laughs> maybe he's been listening to the show, but if we can put that first clip up on the regular section. This is one of the clips from the show, uh, from the speech. He said, our mission in Afghanistan was never supposed to have been nation building. It was never supposed to be creating a unified, centralized democracy. Our only vital national interest in Afghanistan remains today what it has always been, preventing a terrorist attack on the U.S. homeland. And here's another, the second one, Dr. Paul, is one almost reminds me of something that you would have said. And let's look at this, if the second one, if we can, really quick. And he said... How many more generations of Americans, daughters and sons, would you have me send to fight Afghanistan civil war when Afghan troops will not? How many more lives, American lives, is it worth? How many endless rows of headstones at Arlington National Cemetery? I'm clear on my answer. I will not repeat the mistakes we've made in the past, the mistake of staying and fighting indefinitely in a conflict that is not in the national interest of the United States. Well, we won't dissect out the sincerity, or, but we will look at it, and if he's saying the right thing, we want to say it. But that's what I was doing in the year 2000 when Bush was running. Yeah. You know, uh, this sounds like Bush's foreign policy statement when he was running. We, we were not in the business of nation buildings, and uh, we were not to tell other people to do. We're not supposed to be doing this kind of stuff. And uh, Scott Horton, pointed this out. Yeah, he has a good piece today, anti-war. You, you know, that uh, uh, maybe Bush and Obama should step up to the line. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be easy for the Republicans now. Uh, but the, most of the Republicans uh, are going to complain about Biden because he's not a wild hawk. Yeah. It's not that uh, the Republicans were inconsistent and never followed Bush's foreign policy. Of course, I was pretty disappointed with that. Not that I was really believing that Bush would follow follow his uh, prescriptions that he was uh, prescribing, you know, in the year 2000, because because it was uh, it was the kind of thing that uh, the progressive and non-interventionists would please, and not none of these non-unwinnable uh, wars. We need to quit it, but. They're still going on, and uh, right now, even though there was parts of that that I sort of thought, well, these, these are good words, but then again, policy, it's gonna be impossible under these conditions to really have policy change. And you say, well, no, you're too cynical. You're not giving them a break. You're saying his words were pretty good, but they're not gonna stop it. 
I, I think they're still going to be very, very much involved, uh, but it's just shifting gears again uh, that there's a, a, there's a lot of strategic value in Afghanistan, and we've known that for 6,000 years yeah. almost. Right. Everybody loves Afghanistan, and yet they just suffer through trying to keep the foreigners out, and, uh, and, and it's not going to happen because we, we, you know, just in a practical sense, a humanitarian sense, if, uh, if you just took everything away and let the soldiers and everybody else just get mauled over, that would that would be horrible too. So we have to send in more troops. Yeah. And, and you know the CIA is not going to leave. And I keep wondering, you know, with all these people that we're getting out of there, have have they have they taken a, a, a test uh, for the virus? Have yeah. they taken a test? Are they going to be loyal to American interests? And and uh, uh, you you know there's going to be people in there that uh, aren't aren't trustworthy. Yeah. But that that's beyond control right now. That's why you know the best way uh, to take care of problems like this is is prevention. Don't have a policy that just dig holes for ourselves. And we keep digging holes for ourselves. There's a, it's a difference. Not that, not that uh, the World War II was a holy war because it was a mess, but it was done under different circumstances. It was done where the country was unified. It was done with a declaration of war. It was done uh, to go after some, some monsters. And it was over. Yeah. A couple years, it was over. And now we go to war. Uh, not even close to doing it uh, procedurally correct, and uh, it lasts. You can just predict. It's really tough predicting. Oh, you know, this isn't going to go anywhere. This is going to lead to trouble, and you know, it led to trouble. And and, and look at how it ends. People yeah. should have been able to anticipate that. Yeah, it's true. And you know, our friend Tom Woods had a good tweet today because he was addressing the people, and he actually starts with a quote: "I'm not against the withdrawal, just how it was done." And then he retorts to that. What did you expect to happen with a government that had zero support and a fighting force that didn't want to fight? Are you surprised it would happen that way? But, you know, I think the president's speech yesterday, there are some bad things, and you talked about a couple of them. The one is the uh, sending more troops. He does make a very strong point that that's temporary, and I think facts on the ground may force that, force his hand on that to be temporary because facts on the ground are that the Taliban now control Kabul, 6,000 U.S. troops in the middle of the Kabul airport, even with the threats that he said, if you attack our people, we're going to hit you hard. What is he going to do? What are they going to do? So that is a bad thing. And the other thing is this idea that we will uh, retain some sort of influence in the region. And that, again, I think is facts on the ground. Uh, the reality is very different because this is in China and Russia's backyard. This is their neighborhood. They've already stepped up. The Chinese probably already have some contracts with the Taliban to rebuild the place. You know, they're already probably doing business. Things have substantially changed, have fundamentally changed. Of course, Washington will be the last place to understand that. But I think the rest of the world does see that something fundamentally has changed in the international order. I don't believe that the people at the CIA feel like they're going to be out of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the special forces and different people, we m hopefully we'll never get back to sending uh, airplanes. Well, no matter of fact, they did some bombing here just recently. Yeah. You know, well, whatever is necessary, we're going to do it. So there was a, th there was a threat in there, but it wasn't, you know, uh, it was understandable, you know, under these circumstances that they try to preserve life. But uh, it is indeed a, a real mess. And uh, I think that uh, 
the American people really ultimately have responsibility. I believe we mentioned that yesterday. That it, it, it's uh, it's the politicians, uh, it's the warmongers, it's the uh, profiteering people, and everybody has a responsibility. But it really boils down to whether or not you have people of integrity that yeah. will at least uh, attempt to try to follow you, you know the constitution on some of these things and I, i've repeated this before and you remember it too ron you just have to forget about this constitution that it's anachronistic yeah. we, we don't believe in that stuff and when that was their attitude when this yeah. whole thing was, was gearing up a yeah. matter of fact it was the you know the the uh, uh, the authority to use military force in there yeah. that we don't deal with well they were telling me the truth yeah but but it also means the rule of law meant nothing, and you end up with a uh, with a scene like that. Uh, and that that uh, that that sh that should wake people up. But it's still people will argue you we, we're going to have a lot of Republicans down there on the House floor yelling and screaming yeah. at how, how Biden lost, lost Afghanistan. Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. who, we were who this lost, close to winning. Who, who lost <laughs> Nicaragua? Oh, well, it was Biden lost Afghanistan. So. You know, the President Ghani uh, left Afghanistan in a, in a way that's symbolic of the entire 20 years of US, of U.S. puppets running the country. He left with a helicopter so chock full of money, the, the cash. <laughs> Did you see that? He yeah. had to leave a little bit behind. I wish he would have sent some to us. But this is American tax money. I mean, theoretically, it's money out of thin air. But Americans should be outraged that this is the kind of people. Was he like the captain of the ship? Was he the yeah. last one to leave? The last one to leave with all the money. <laughs> I think he was the first one out of yeah, there. He, you know, he got out of town with the money. Well, you know, his son got in trouble, I think, about a week ago because he posted a picture of himself on Instagram in a private jet saying, I'm going to leave here in style. Oh, <laughs> God. You'd think that would wake some people up. Well, you know, we have, uh, we have some problems with immigration already. Yeah. Now, this is... People will say this is different. This is going to be legal. It's not going to be illegal. It's coming across the across the border. But you know, there, there's a there'll be there will be a lot of, of people coming in. Uh, but you know, there's a there's a request now made, legitimate request made to the administration. Say, you know, where are they going? What are you yeah. doing with them? Uh, are they still sitting in these camps? Are are you making sure they're in good health and they have their vaccinations and yeah. all? All of a sudden, a bunch of them just they blend into the society, and you you would think that the American people would have a right to know where they're going. Yeah. You know, they're paying for all this. They paid for the, the mess that we have. And they want to know, what are you going to do with these people? You let them come in and, and all of a sudden you're shipping them out. And the, the administration won't, won't tell, tell the congressmen who are asking for information just where are these immigrants going, which I think would be a pretty significant event. Not, not that that would sell it, but, but people ought to know, not only because, uh, you know, theoretically and maybe realistically, we ought to know, uh, you know, are they spreading diseases? Are they both a bunch of people that are, are subversive? You know, there's, there's and, and who knows, they might be going into the drug business. Business for yeah, all we know. So it, it is a mess because we do not obey the law and we have too many people that go along and the special interest control thing and not the American people and the American people need to wake up. And you know, this is, this is sort of two things that we're combining because A, we do know that thousands of Afghans are going to come to the U.S. as immigrants. It always happens. It happened after Vietnam, maybe as many as 100,000. We don't know anything about them, as you say. How many of them do share the ideology of the Taliban or a similar ideology That's to the Taliban? Problem. How are they going to fit in? 
uh, if they share that ideology of Sharia law, uh, and it's a danger. Uh, but that is in the context of this article, and you're mentioning it here, it's there. This is something from the Epoch Times. Uh, on August 13th, Mark Tapscott wrote, Homeland Security ignoring congressional requests for info on where illegal immigrants are being sent. Now this refers to people coming up from the border, and this is an unprecedented um, wave of people coming into the United States from the southern border. Of course, they are spreading the virus, if that's your thing. Uh, but the fact that the Homeland Security just ignores Congress, and we're not going to tell you where they're sent, we're not going to tell you anything about them, that does not bode well when we look at having 100,000 people from Afghanistan being drop-kicked into the middle of the country somewhere. We need to know what's going to happen with them and what's going on. You know, and another typical thing happened uh, in this episode, and that is we put a lot of money in to them. We have our allies, and uh, we buy them a lot of weapons, and, and they really uh, never quite uh, identify as the defenders of the homeland. Yeah. They're, they're, they're allying themselves with the invaders. Uh, but a lot of weapons are over there, and, and guess what? This, there was an article yesterday, I just think there was a little fudge in here, that the people now see that there's going to be priests and they're turning over their weapons to the Taliban. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I think the Taliban's getting the weapons. Yeah, getting <laughs> but that's generally the case that, you know, um, the, um, the weapons you send to a allies so often end up in the hands of people who are killing Americans when the Americans are in a place where they shouldn't be. Yeah. The money shouldn't be spent there. And uh, you, you wonder, it, it's, it's almost no more efficient than uh, fighting a virus here at home. Yeah. Not very efficient, not knowing what they're doing. Yeah. Well, remember when Senator Paul was quizzing, I think, Hillary Clinton at the time, saying, how come all these weapons that we sent to Libya are now going to Syria to help arm the jihadists, you know? And so yeah. that does happen a lot. But I guess we want to move on to a piece of legislation that is disturbing. And actually, if you can do those clips and just go forward a few uh, to this one that's uh, H.R. 4980. Yeah, skip forward. Yeah, we're going to skip all this. Go to the next one. There we go. Uh, backup one. Here we go. Now, this is uh, something that caught both of our attention, Dr. Paul. Uh, Representative Richie Torres, I think he's the youngest member of Congress, he's 30 years old. He put in a bill on the 6th of August. We do not have the full text, we only have the title, but it is in the House. It's HR 4980, and if this does not chill you and enrage you, then you must be dead from the neck up, because I can read it, it's short. Here's the title to direct the Secretary of Homeland Security to ensure that any individual traveling on a flight that departs from or arrives to an airport inside the United States or a territory of the United States is fully vaccinated against COVID-19. And as I read that, that's not foreigners coming in, either to or from any American airport. That means no American can get on a plane unless you've had that shot in your That's arm. right, the vaccine uh, passport would be there. But there is one word there that was on the tail end of this that I think is significant. And it adds, and for other purposes, yeah. you know, if it, what are their other purposes? That's a probably open-ended. Oh, yeah. well, you, well, we have to have this passport, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, that's, uh, and, and, and right now we have a sense that people sort of welcome this. You know, we had one statistic here with the young people. They, they, uh, they claim that uh, there's more supportive of this and they will even uh, punish their friends 
kids because they're terrified. And a, a number where I couldn't believe it, where they said, well, I'm not going to drop my friendship with sometimes family members because they won't, uh, they won't wear a mask or won't get a vac vaccination. And uh, that, that part is really scary. You know, one and a half have uh, mandates and not like them and there's a fuss about it but for for them to sort of volunteer uh, to do this and think that's a, their way to security even though that's not been that's not been the sentiment for you know two or three hundred years living yeah. in this country you know yeah it is and you know there's these two things together are troubling because if you have a situation where you are not allowed to fly on an airline in the United States of America unless you can prove that you have taken medication that the state wants you to take, then we really are a full-on tyranny. A, the uh, airline industry will collapse and no amount of bailouts, no amount of funny money is going to prop them up. That's gone. And we're seeing that in France because the cafes and the supermarkets are absolutely empty right now. They're not going for the vaccine passport. They're out protesting. This bill, we put it up because it's extreme. But sometimes the outlier will tell you actually this is the, you know, the, uh, the dialectics of, 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 of legislation. You'll see something that's a little bit less bad and they'll say, well, at least it wasn't extreme as that. And that's what we may be looking at in the future. I want to make a suggestion and maybe the ambitious individuals who like to go or we are willing to go and confront their politicians. The best way to do this is to go in and say, um, Mr. Congressman, what I want to know is what is your position on H.R. 4980? Yes, exactly. And he, he might not have ever heard about it. Yeah. And, uh, and to, to know more about the issue than the member of Congress, and that is not all that difficult. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's when I got a lot of encouragement is when the uh, students then back in the colleges would know the legislation even before I would bring yeah. it up. And I go, wow, this, this is an informed audience. But I think, I think that it does that. And if, then people, they'll have to brush up on it. Yes. And, uh, but, but they shouldn't, they shouldn't get, give the position away. Yeah. They, they should do it and make him check around. He goes, well, I... I haven't read that bill or something like that. Yeah. Well, you oughta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. That's a great suggestion. And I, I should have thought of it because usually I was on the receiving end of those calls. But you're <laughs> right. People should politely, as polite as possible, call the congressman or send an email uh, and ask, what is your, here's this bill. I want to know what you think about it. And I know from experience, years working for you, if we got 10 calls on it, that's hardly anyone. 10 calls, our radar would come up. 20 calls, we may knock on your door, Dr. Paul. We're getting a lot of calls on this legislation. We should you know, take a look at it or think about it. It doesn't take that much. The, 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 things, the, the, the conditions that I enjoyed the most was they would have a misinterpretation or they interpreted it correctly, but they didn't know, understand the ramification is for a person like you who were uh, who, who were representing me would explain it to them or yeah. if we wrote to them we'd write it or put it on the internet and tell them this is what it means and this is the reason we oppose it and uh, and I know you had people all of a sudden say you know I, I see your point yeah you know yeah. and sometimes it's not instantaneously that they'll say oh yeah I see it I understand the whole thing they'll just stop and think and uh, and m many times I've had people come back years later and you know I came into your office I was giving you trouble <laughs> he said, but I know what you're talking about yeah I understand now. it now. <laughs> yeah well you did you, you kind of alluded to this next one we're talking about a little bit and that's something that we saw on uh, market watch and this is kind of I think indicative of the kind of
weird uh, psychosis that's affected America. And this is Americans are creating their own vaccine mandates by cutting ties to the unvaccinated. And it's a new survey that's out, uh, a Harris poll, at least 30% of a millennials or Gen Zers in the US say they have cut ties with a friend, family member or acquaintance because they wouldn't get the COVID-19 vaccine. See, the process should be condemned. That's not the way you should do it. But the big problem there is the success of our opposition uh, to confuse everybody about what is science because they, they're working on the assumption that the science has proved it and for people not to be vaccinated is a danger to society and people are going to die and they don't have a right to, uh, uh, you know, expose me to their illnesses. But of course, they never ask the question, well, you know, if your vaccine works and if, you're, uh, if your social distancing works and, and, and the masks work, why, why do you have to destroy my liberties? Yeah. You know, they, don't, they never ask that. And it is tough because they say science has settled it, but they, it really, their distortion of the science is motivating them to go out there and be willing to give up friendships yeah. because there's a disagreement. You know, uh, I, I sort of, this may be pretty old fashioned, but I sort of liked the way uh, partisanship and politics was handled uh, in the old days because business people generally had an unwritten rule. And uh, my, uh, my family was in a small business. We, uh -huh. we were in a milk business, but we, we had, there was a lot of competition. But uh, that is not where we ever, ever talk politics. Yeah. And uh, I know doctors vary their, their rules on what they do in a medical office because uh, some feel so strongly, but if you're gonna get socialized medicine, you're gonna ruin it. And they pump out the political correct stuff that yeah. I would agree with. But I had a different rule. I thought it was the wrong place at the wrong time. If somebody is going to go buy a product or buy a service, they didn't come to hear you express your political opinion. Yes. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a, a, a big difference. And uh, that's, uh, that's why in the old days, uh, the, the businessman usually stayed out. He thought it, well, he had a practical reason. It, it's not very practical yeah. and it could hurt his business and that sort of thing. If he wanted to do it, he'd run for an office or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're right. And it does show how political it is. The, the idea that you would cut tie with a family member because they refuse to take a shot yeah. or whatever, you know, it's, it, is, it is pretty crazy. But speaking of crazy, speaking of insane, I don't think there's <laughs> any place more insane on earth than New Zealand and Australia, maybe Canada, maybe France, that's true. There's a lot of competition. But let's put up this next clip because this literally is insane. New Zealand, they eradicated COVID just months ago. Now they're going to lock the entire country down. Dr. Paul, how many cases? A million, a thousand? Let's see. How many did they discover? Let's say, there was one uh, over in their capital, and there was, that was it. Yeah, it's one. <laughs> one case. <laughs> it was done by a test. They're not sure if it's accurate. Yeah. You know. Well, boy, that, you talk about panicking, you know. And they say it's not just, a, it's a literal lockdown. Their prime minister, she is insane. She's a nut. And she said, don't go out of your house. Like, you cannot leave your house. These people are going to go. You just have to wonder how long are these Kiwis going to take it? How long are they going to be pushed around by this insane woman? And now, if there was some evidence that lockdowns worked, well, okay, you got to suck it up, you know, you got to deal with it. 
But let's look at this next clip because this is in neighboring Australia. They have been the lockdown capital. This is a great chart. The results of seven weeks of lockdown in Sydney. And look at that at the right. Cases going through the roof. Lockdown <laughs> has no track record. It didn't work. Zero. It didn't work. Oh, my goodness. But they're still doing it over and over again. It's, isn't that the definition of insanity? Yeah, I think I, I think you're right on that. I guess, I guess you can use that word, but I'm I'm much more modest on that. I just call them hysterical. Hysterical, hysterical. <laughs> and not. Yeah, well, you know the the, the one uh, we're getting toward the end. Yeah, right. The related thing that I want to make, and this is something that is important, because what's happening in Texas right now is very important. Yes, we had a summer increase in virus. We're not sure about the tests. We've talked about it. The people who made the tests aren't sure about the tests. But there have been an increase in cases, thankfully not a massive increase in deaths, a slight uptick in deaths. But what we're seeing, and this we have to be a little bit thankful to Abbott, he's not been the strongest, but he's, he's been pretty good, he's fighting back a little. We didn't have any new mask mandates, we didn't have any new social distancing mandates, he didn't shut down restaurants, he didn't do all the dumb things he did last year, he did none of those. Some people are wearing masks a little bit more, but not anywhere near like what the hysterics would want. But what are we seeing? Let's put up this next clip. And this is a snapshot from today. But this is daily new cases in Texas, and we are seeing that summer peak begin to turn. It looks like maybe today or tomorrow we will have reached that peak, and it will have a precipitous downward turn if the people who have been right all along predict this one correctly, which I believe they will. Uh, but what does that mean, Dr. Paul? Again, this is really important because it shows that Texas beat this virus increase without any NPTs, without any behavioral adjustments, without any mask. It came and it went. As we've been saying for a year and a half, the virus was going to virus. It virused and now it's going away. And some people would even suggest that uh, there could be a relationship of the variants coming back like that is re related to the vaccine yeah. and it can be changed. And I sort of lean in that direction uh, of, of believing that. And uh, in, sometimes it even leads to some that are more difficult uh, to treat. But I think what you're pointing out is this looks like normal, uh, normal activity of a virus. And I think uh, that's what's going to happen. It's going to drop off sharply. And even though they, it's, uh, it's contagious, it's not as uh, virulent and uh, people, people survive this. The one thing that's occurring right now that's really disturbing is it seems like they're winning uh, the argument, the propaganda, the, the, the kids are now vulnerable. And if you don't do this, you don't care about the kids. You know, we need us village to wake up and yeah. start taking care of the children. And uh, of course, uh, there's a few parents starting to wake up and that's the good news. Yeah, it is good news. Well, I'm all done, Dr. Okay, Paul. Okay, and, and uh, you know, once again, I wanna uh, thank our viewers for tuning in today and uh, sharing our experiences and our problems that we have. And uh, although that we're seeing the end of an era in Afghanistan, it might be the beginning of something new and different. Hopefully it's better, it can't get much worse. But uh, this is the whole thing. People have trouble learning a lesson. And uh, unfortunately, the propagandists can overcome, you know, just pure common sense, whether it's foreign policy, domestic policy, medical policy. You know, there, there's a lot of common sense still in medicine that could be used, you know, in epidemics. And uh, 
I, I just think the big problem is that uh, the academicians have a lot of clout, governments have a lot of clout, the media has a lot of clout, social media is especially influential, and, and people are depending on that. There should be some old-fashioned, uh, you know, education. I always think it's funny when I think about it, you know, my, my parents didn't get to go to college or anything, but uh, I always assume you know, they were pretty smart. They had good common sense. And I can't believe it, but some of the some of the personal advice about health matters, you know, that they gave me as a small person, I would use in a medical practice. They, you know, it's just, just common sense on how you take care of yourself. So uh, it's not all going to come from these professors. It's not all, we cannot allow the people to bow to Dr. Fauci. That's where the problem is. And it's the Fauci world out there that we have to challenge. And I believe my son's doing a pretty darn good job doing that, challenging that and calling your attention to where the propaganda has started and where the bad policy has started. And then he has aligned himself with Bill Gates. Now, that, now you shouldn't be reassured. Well, he's a wealthy person and he cares. He's a philanthropist and he cares about the world and the people. So uh, don't buy into that. And uh, what we need is uh, true information and we need people who are willing to speak the truth regardless of what seems to be the consequence. In politics, that's a tough job. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today and please come back to the Liberty Report soon.